Thank you for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in seven different locations. We hope that today's message encourages and empowers you on your spiritual journey and helps you grow deeper in your relationship with God. To learn more about Our Savior's Church and how you can get involved, you can visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. start a brand new series today. I think we got a new graphic and everything. It's a walk with Abraham. And Abraham is probably one of the one of the highlighted individuals that you'll find in the Bible. I mean, you can go up to New Testament. Of course, we have Jesus and you got the Apostle Paul who wrote two thirds of the New Testament. But if we go back to the Old Testament, Abraham is significant. In fact, many of us are going to call him the father of faith. Uh, there are many who even look to him as fathers of nations. Uh, he is a fantastic study, and we're going to all jump in. In fact, all of our campuses are actually joining and syncing up on this very series today as we kind of get into our legacy season that's coming up very soon. Abraham's a big deal. In fact, Hebrews 11 is going to uh, be famous in the New Testament to talk about, that we call it the Hall of Faith. Uh, like the Hall of Fame, but the Hall of Faith. And Abraham is going to be one of the key individuals who exercised faith. Everybody say faith. faith. Yeah, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And faith, that means we're going to put our trust even when we don't see, we don't know how it's going to turn out. And we, of course, some of you already are ahead of me. You already know Abraham's story. But uh, what I love about the Bible is that it does not sugarcoat the shortcomings. So even in Abraham, if you just read Hebrews 11 about Abraham, you'd go, man, what a hero of the faith. But his story in the scripture, through the book of Genesis, doesn't sugarcoat his weaknesses. Which says to us, how many thank God for that? I'm encouraged by that. That means we all have weaknesses. Yeah, look at your neighbor. No, don't, don't do that. Anyway, yeah. No, it, it, it means that we are. He, he's, he's still working on us. And so we're going to take this walk with Abraham, and I want, we're going to just kind of take you through the journey, and we're going we're gonna to show you the highlight reel, but also show you the low light reel. I mean, there's, there's, some, there's some dark days, and it doesn't even, he doesn't even begin. In fact, even in the beginning of his journey, I'm going to show you. It, it's amazing how we can walk into when you meet someone or you walk into someone's life, you're going to walk into a chapter of their life, but it's not that you haven't read the book of their life. So here's what I would say to you. Be careful when you meet someone that you don't pass judgment until you've read the rest of the chapters of their life. Are you right? So we all walk into each other's life at a different chapter. And so you got to be careful that you don't judge by the chapter you walk into until you hear all the rest of the chapters. Are y'all checking with me? So why don't you do this? I do want you to touch your neighbor. I want you to really do it this time. I know sometimes you got to go, yeah, yeah. I know, I, I watch you. But I want you to say, don't judge me. God's not finished with me yet. <laughs> I just heard somebody saying he's got a lot of work to do. <laughs> yes, all of us. 
So we're going to see what we can learn. In fact, if we're titling this message, uh, Dr. Scott is the lion's share of this message, and I so appreciate Dr. Scott writing these messages for us during this series. Uh, but I, I, I added and took away, and, and so this is, this is Dr. Scott and Pastor Yu together. God combined us. Uh, so you're going to hear that. He, he titled it, Don't Stop, and I titled it, Don't Stop, Keep Moving. Don't stop, keep moving. Say that with me. Don't stop, keep moving. So I don't care where you're at today, don't stop, keep moving. And we're going to look into Abraham's story. Let's go, take, let's go to the Bible. I'm going to take you to the book of Genesis, and I'm going to read verses, uh, chapter 11, Genesis 11, chapters 27 through 32, and I'll, I'll comment as we go. Now, these are the generations of Terah. Terah fathered Abram. Now, we call him Abram now, but he's going to be called Abraham later. I love it how God does change the name. Uh, you, you've got uh, 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 Peter in the Bible. He, he, it was, what was his name before? Yeah, Simon, I just had a, yeah, I'm going to now call you Peter. I, I love how he changes names because sometimes names mean in scripture when you see a new name, it's, it's, it's uh, talking of their destiny. And so Terah fathered named Abram. Nahor and Haran, and Haran fathered Lot. Haran is Abram's, soon to be Abraham, it's his brother. And Haran died in the presence of his father Terah in the land of his kindred in Ur, or Ur, of the Chaldeans. And Abram and Nahor took wives, the name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and she's going to be called Sarah in the future. And the name of Nahor's wife, M Milcah. Am I the only one preaching here? I don't know. Oh, we got it? Okay. Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and Iscah. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, say it with me, was barren and she had no child. And, and I'll talk about that in a moment. Terah took Abram, his son Lot, and the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarah and his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth together from Ur, that's their hometown, from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. We'd call it the promised land, the destination, the destiny. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. And I want to just talk to you just a little bit. Let's, let's go back and let me give you some context just so you'll understand where they're coming from. They're coming from Ur. Ur was a place of idolatry. It wasn't a place where people served Jehovah or God the Father. It was a place, in fact, they worshipped the moon god. So it was a place of pagan worship. Most theologians believe that Abram's father, uh, Terah, was actually a pagan and that that was where they worshiped. Ur was also represented for Abram a place of loss. He lost his brother there. Any of you have ever gone through a place where you've lost someone really close to you? I mean, I think most of us, if you're of any age, you can raise your hand and go, no, uh, we just had a family in our church, uh, uh, Brandon, the Prudhams, just lost his father. Not, not where you thought it was going to happen. 
just with, with a heart, just all of a sudden, on Saturday, on the phone with him yesterday, just encouraging him, just going, we didn't expect this. And so Ur represents a place of loss. Ur was also the place of disappointment. This is where Abram finds out that Sarah is barren and she can't have a child. Now, in Bible days, barrenness to a woman, children represented, if you were having children, it meant that God's hand of blessing was upon you. And if you were barren, it meant that God had cursed you for some reason, that you could not have children. How many you know that's not true? But that's what they believed. They believed that barrenness was a sign or a metaphor for hopelessness. Hopeless. Have you ever been hopeless? Have you ever felt hopeless? And you go, what, what is that feeling? That means that I have no hope that tomorrow will be better than today. And, and if you are hopeless, can I just encourage you right here? If you don't stop and keep going, that tomorrow is going to be better than today. The next season will be better than this season. That there is a future for you, a destiny for you in Christ. And let me make sure I say that right. In Christ. That if you'll follow him, your latter days are going to be better than your former days. Can I get an amen? Anybody, can I get a witness? Go, no, no, it's... He, he does, he does, he does take you from glory to glory, but glory to glory, but sometimes there is a valley in between, right? And the moon God, false God, false hope. So to sum it up, Abram's family was broken and his wife is barren and they are in a hopeless situation and they're going to move. Everybody say move. Yeah, keep moving. But then one day, the true God is going to come to Abram, and he's going to speak to him. How many of you know when you are in a place that one word from God can actually change everything? Just one word. I don't know. Maybe today, you might get the one word. You do know that is why we preach, right? That we're supposed to be just the vessel and that the Holy Spirit is supposed to, we're just using a vessel, and that when you come to church, I, in fact, I want you to come to church like this. Don't come to church to go, I'm just coming to get fed. I, I, I mean, I, that's true, but go, no, I'm coming to hear a word, a word from God. Not all the sermon will be for you. I've seen some of you pointing at people while I'm preaching. You're going, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you need to hear that. No, no, you need to come for you. You need a word. You need to hear a word from God. So I'm praying today you'll hear something. But then one day, the true God spoke to Abram. He's in a place of hopelessness, barrenness. And in, this is what he says to him. Go! It's in yellow. I know it wasn't up there fast enough. Ready? What's it say? Go. Go from your country. Don't stop. Keep moving. And from your kindred, your father's house. Get from your father's house. We, I love my family. But I got some dysfunction in my family. I could name them if y'all want me to. No, they don't go to church. Not my mom and dad. I'm no, how many of y'all got an extended family going, hmm? You got to explain them. They come with a warning label. 
Yeah, before you meet Uncle Joe, let me tell you about him. I want you to leave them and go to the land that I'm going to show you. And watch what he, here's the promise, here's the word. And I'm going to, I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In other words, leave that place of brokenness and barrenness because I've got something better for you in the future. Don't stop. Keep moving. I, I, want, you to, I want you to notice the eyes in there. Can y'all put that scripture back up for me right now that I just read? I want, I don't, I want, to, I want to make sure that it says, and you will make. And you will bless. No, no, he says, I will, I will, I will. Listen, we just, we just finished, uh, uh, we do this every year. We call it the family gathering. And that's where all of our campuses and staff, our entire staff of our Savior's Church comes together. Plus we invite uh, churches and, and we call it our spiritual family that we're in close relationship with. Uh, that would be guys like Dr. Darius, uh, Torn Wells was here, him and Lorna, uh, Pastor Jeff Little from Milestone Church, and, uh, and, and there's a bunch of other churches too, if I can't name them all. Uh, and they were here, kind of family gathering, just who we, God's connected us to, with relationally. And so we probably had a couple of hundred here for the last, uh, uh, we, we did it all Wednesday night, all day Thursday, Thursday night. And here we hosted the last night, we hosted, Opelousas hosted. And by the way, our staff and volunteers did a phenomenal job hosting. Can we just put our hands together? They just honored and took care of. And Dr. D, Dr. Darius, I call him Dr. Darius Daniels, I call him 3D. Dr. Darius Daniels, you get it, 3D? And so 3D, he, 3D gave the message, um, uh, he gave the message Thursday night to our staff and to our, and it was just, y'all know when Dr. D, he's, I don't think he's ever been better. And, and when Dr. D's preaching, he says something and then you're, you're going, oh my gosh, boom. And then he's already said three more things, but you're thinking about the thing that he said, and you're going, I gotta go back and listen to it again because I miss half of what he said. And I, I, I told him when he, when he's, I hugged him when he left, see, Pastor, you love you, man? I said, listen, I'm gonna preach your sermon, man. He's like, preach them all, brother, preach them all. And as he flew off in the night. I want, to, I want to teach you one of the principles that he brought up. And, and I can't do it like Dr. D does it because he's got, he, he got that pace. He got that cadence and alliteration. So forgive me if I don't have the, the cadence or the alliteration down. But he said, he goes, Go. there is a principle in scripture called the principle of the place. And he said, it's, you can have, you can be all who you were created to be, have all the gifts and skills, even have the resources that you need, have the anointing and the message that God has given you and be in the wrong place. And you won't be effective even though you've got everything you're supposed to have because you're not in the right 
and it's called the principle of the place. He said, I'll take you all the way back to Genesis. God is going to create birds. But before he can create a bird, he has to create sky. Because birds go in the sky. God creates the environment, the place first, and then he creates the species to go into the sky. He's even going to do the same with fish. He's going to create water first, the place, before he puts the fish in the water. Are you checking with me? And even Adam and Eve, before he ever creates Adam and Eve, he's going to create the earth. And then he's even going to get even more uh, uh, particular about the place. He's going to create a garden and he's going to take Adam and Eve and put them in the right environment. It's called the principle of the place. Yeah, you got to be in the right place. He's speaking to Abram here. He's going, look, go, go, go. Abram, you've got everything you need. I will bless you. I will make you. I will do the work. I will do it. I just got to get you in the right. Oh, some of you are, are y'all picking out what I'm laying down? Some of the, even the struggles that you're walking with even now may not be a matter of, are you gifted? Are you anointed? Even your job or career going, I just don't see it. It may be that you're not in the right place. The principle of the place. Oh, I I don't have time to preach all that he said, but I got to tell you this one part. This is free, by the way. And then here comes the snake. He comes like a snake. Satan doesn't come like an angel of light. He comes like a snake. He comes into the place looking familiar like he fits in the place. That's how the enemy comes. He comes in looking like he fits because the snake in a garden isn't out of place. He comes in to kind of just comes inside looking like he belongs there. Oh, be careful of the snake. Be careful of the snake, the one that looks like they belong there, but starts spewing out the negative. Did God really say? Do you really believe that? Do you, be careful of that one that looks like they belong there. They got the hard hat on just like you got a hard hat on. You go, they look like they're supposed to be here at work. And then they start spewing the poison. Be careful of that one. Are, are you... Are you So you got to be careful. Get to the right place. What God was calling Abram to was better than what he was calling him from. So when you hear the, the Lord, I feel like something needs to change. This happens in every relationship. It'll happen in a marriage that you'll just keep going. And then all of a sudden you end up settling in a place called Haran. I'll talk to you about that in just a second. If God's calling you to, it's better than where he's calling you from. By calling Abram out of Ur, it was like God was saying, I'm calling you from religion that could not heal your barrenness or your family's brokenness. And then we find later in Genesis chapter 15 and 5, and he brought him outside and said, I want you to look towards heaven, Abram. I want you to, and number the stars if you are able to number them. And then he said to him, what's wrong with Sarah? She can't have a baby. I'm telling you, Abram, I want you to go out, count. They represent the fruitfulness 
of your future if you will get in the right place. So God is calling him out of Ur. Thank you, Jesus, for calling me out. Thank you for calling me out of darkness. Thank you for calling me out. How many of you could say thank you for calling me out? Thank you for calling me out. Thank you for calling me out. Right now, I'm in the right place. Right now, I'm in the, today, you're in the right. You might be a guest here today. You've been looking for a church, and maybe today's the day that the Holy Spirit will confirm to you or say, this ain't the right place, one or the other. Then go, this is where you need to be because where you're at determines the environment that you're in is just as important as the anointing that you have and that God has given you. So let's be honest. It takes faith to let go of things that we're used to. No, no, somebody got his. Because somebody, somebody here, God's just been waiting on you to let go of some things or to let go of somebody. If you're used to darkness, the light can be blinding. If you're used to doing things your way, it can be challenging to trust to do it God's way. If you're used to a life without God, it takes faith and courage to begin walking with God. God used a man on a cross. Thank you, Kevin. You did a fantastic job with communion. God used a man on a cross, but he cannot use a man on the fence. Thank you, Dr. Scott. Hmm. So, so Abram takes the step, right? He's going to get up. He's going to pack up. Him, he's going to travel 600 miles. But he stopped. And he settled. Everybody say, don't settle. He settled in a place called Haran. Where did God tell him to go? Canaan. He travels 600 miles from Ur and settles in a place called Haran. Why did he settle? Why did he stop in Haran? Well, the Bible doesn't give us exactly why he stopped there. And we don't know for sure. But let's just look in and probably make some suggestions of what possibly kept him in Ur. I mean, in Haran. Haran was similar to Ur. It was a place of moon, God, of moon god worship. And don't forget Terah, he was a pagan. He worshiped the moon god. So it was a possible that he, Abram stopped and settled in Aram because he wanted to keep the peace in his family. And so he slowed the pace of his obedience. Is it possible that he goes, okay, dad, dad, this, this would be a place that would be good, good for dad. Dad could still have his religion, and I could still have mine. Maybe, maybe this is where we need to stop. Can I just talk to you real quick just for a second? Can I just keep it raw and real? Is that okay? I'm going to do that anyway. You know, there is a difference between being a peacekeeper and being a peacemaker. Husbands, are you hearing me? There, there's something about us, we just want there to be peace. I just, I just, long as mama's happy. What are we eating? You know what I mean? It's a, it, there are times that you're going to have to be a man of God, hear from God, 
and say, baby, this is what we need to do. And she, it may not be peaceful for a night, but joy comes in the morning <laughs> that you're going to have to make peace. There, there are going to be times that you're going to have to call. I need to call Pastor Kevin right now. I need to call him right now because here's what's going on. And, and, and Pastor Kevin may say, here's some wisdom. And you have to go home and say, baby, here's what we're going to do. Sometimes you're going to have to make peace by doing and saying what's right versus keeping the peace and later resenting her. So here's, here's maybe, maybe that's why Abram stopped. Maybe that's why he stops and settles. Because daddy's going, I don't want to go over there. This is where I'm, I'm comfortable. Instead, so he's going to stop. Or maybe, maybe it's pain. I don't know. Maybe it was pain. Maybe it was he's, he's lost. He's, and, and, and we know instead of going to the place that God would show him, Abram settled in a new place that was filled with the same old problems. Are you picking up what I'm laying down? No, no single person. You know what I'm talking about. You, 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 you lose the old relationship only to get into a new relationship and find out that's the same person that you just left. You, you wait for them to change and God's been saying, no, I want to change you. If I can change you, you'll see the right person. I'm, I'm working on you. No, I just need some. No, no, you keep leaving one place only to find out you're in the same place. It, it can happen in a marriage. We can say, how many times, Heidi, have we been through the 34 years going, hey, we, we keep traveling around. We've done it too. We've just said, baby, we're in the same place that we were five years ago. We left one place only to circle around and get back to the same exact place again. We got to break this. We can't keep traveling these circles and going back. We got to get in the right place. One thing is certain. This is a picture of all of our journeys. He's leaving one place, supposed to be in another place, but settles in the wrong place. All of us have walked this way. Some of us, when we started your relationship with Jesus, you got fired up. You got excited. Man, I was, I'm so excited about what Jesus is doing in my life. That's awesome. You started moving the ball down the field, started serving. Maybe you got on a team and started serving, and then all of a sudden, something happened along the way. I don't know what happened. Maybe... Settled back in. COVID, I've watched this with COVID happen. Watch people settle back in to a place they've already left. And so they went back to it. Maybe, maybe settled in for just getting by, that this is enough, this is good enough. Let me help you. Your journey with Jesus and growing in him will never stop. He's still perfecting all of us out. We ain't arrived yet, baby. Opelousas ain't home. Maybe you settled for less than God's best. Maybe you got hung up on an offense. That happens in church. It can happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> Jesus said it would. Something's going to happen that's going to offend you. <laughs> it's going to happen. Oh, by the way, can I push pause for a second on the fences? Before you go to anybody, you need to go to God with an offense. Before you, call, before you call anybody, you need to go to God. Before you, before you type out what you want to say on the Facebook, you should pray. 
and then pray over your fingers so they get saved. Some of your fingers need to get saved. I'm telling you, your heart's saved, but your fingers are lost. Maybe got hung up by hurt, maybe pain, maybe, um, who knows what made him pause, or maybe just got weary. That happens too. We just get tired. Instead of walking with Jesus and growing his relationship, he settled. It happens almost to every believer at some point. Abraham stopped short. Had all of us? When the scripture now says, we have all fallen short, I fall short. I still fall short sometimes. I don't want to fall short, but I still fall short for the glory of God. We've fallen short. How many of you, I ask young people, are you reading the word? I do not like how you want to. How many of you know that's what everybody says, right? We could all read more, pray more. Huh. And, and so he's, he's stepping out in obedience, but then settled in. He started good. And I love this again about the scripture that it's going to give us Abraham. It's not just going to give us the hall of faith highlight reel. It's going to show us, and we're going to discover more as we go through this series. But he still, he served the God of great grace. Can we just take one little pause break just for a second and thank the Lord for repentance? That we have a God that we can go to when we fall short. And if we'll own it and say, God, would you please forgive me? I've messed up. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. And I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. That he will forgive you of your sin. And the beauty with God is that you don't have to go all the way back to the beginning to start over again. That you get to pick up right where you left off with God. That the relationship is then restored. And he said, you don't have to go all the way back to Ur, baby. Let's just pick up right here in Haran and get you to the promised land. Let's start obeying again. Let's start walking again. Let's start moving again. Thank you for repentance, Lord. Thank you for a God that's full of grace. Oh, grace. Say grace with me. Oh, grace. The grace of God. The unmerited favor means you don't deserve it. You didn't earn it. You can't do anything to get more of it. He's just full of grace and mercy. Thank you, Lord. So maybe, just maybe, his wife is barren, his heart's broken, but God's saying, no, I'm going to bless you if you'll just keep moving. You know what steps the hardest? The first one. The first step. Victor's going to come help me. I got 15 minutes to close according to this clock. Is that right? I'm not preaching very long today. I feel like y'all are getting cheated. Victor, come help me. Hmm. We'll wait. We're just going to wait on Victor. We got time. No, I'm teasing Victor. You know, I'm teasing you. You offended? I'm teasing you. Go to God first. Don't call anybody. (laughs) 
first step's the hardest one. Where are you at today? Where are you? Well, I'm just going to church. What's the next step? Man, the other day I, I caught this, this couple. I've met them like their second week. Like I saw them. It's like, hey, how long have you guys been coming? Because our church is getting larger. It's hard to know sometimes how long someone might have been in the room and it's sometimes it's hard to know this might be their first time so I learned I used to go oh is this your first time and they go pastor I've been here for three years I'm like oh my god please forgive me because some of you are sneaky you come in you wait till the first song starts and then you slip right up there to the top and then we're praying sometimes some of you slip out early and then I don't ever get I don't ever see you and it's hard to to, to know. So I've learned to say, hey, how long have you been coming? That's a good question. How long have you been coming? And uh, so I met this couple. How long have y'all been coming? Oh, this is our second week. We love it. Oh, it's awesome. And then I, then I saw them. I saw the, we, we gave our heart to the Lord a few weeks later. I was like, that's awesome. And then a couple of months go by when we're in a freedom group. Come on, Freedom Group people. Some of you need to go back through it. And so we're in a Freedom Group. And then I saw them later after Freedom. Then the Freedom Weekend came. Then I saw them again. They're like, it was amazing. It was amazing. And I go, what are you going to do next? And they went, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do next. Ah, see, when you don't know what you're going to do, don't stop. Keep moving. Listen, 35, 20, 20 ounces, nice 20. I got to do some math real quick. 57. 37, 38 years ago, when I got saved, I got saved. It was like, Two weeks after that, my pastor calls me in and goes, what are you doing with your life? Let me tell you what he was saying. What are you doing next? And I went, I don't know. I just got saved. I don't know what you're supposed to do after you get saved. No one ever told me, what do you do? And he goes, you need to go to Bible college. There's something on you. I went, okay, that's what I'll do. I'll go to Bible college. I go to Bible college. I walk on, my first day, first day there, I walk in. And the, you know, the guys on the hall, they, they stop by, they're very kind, Christian people, most of them at Bible college. <laughs> hey man, welcome, great to have you. What year, I'm a freshman, really great, great, just great. What are you, what are you here to study? Uh, we're, I said, I don't know, what are y'all studying? We're all pastors, we're gonna be pastors, that's great. Well, what are you studying? I don't know, why are you here? My pastor told me to come here, <laughs> really? That's weird. I know. I'm here with a bunch of preachers and I have no idea why I'm here. None. I'm going to class learning about bibliology and hermeneutics. I have no reason. I'm going, I don't know what. You ever been to college? You go, I ain't never going to use this. So, you, 
next step. It just kept going, next step, next step, next step, next step, next step, next step. Student ministry, student ministry, student ministry. Houston, Texas, start a church. Pastor Jacob calling. What are you doing, man of God? I'm in the desert. Come out of the desert. You need to come to Louisiana. Next step. Just next step, next step. What are you doing in Louisiana? I don't know. Heidi go, do you think we'll ever pastor a church again? I go, I don't know, baby. I don't know. I don't know what I don't. This was the last step God took until he gives us the next step. Next step. Badon's calling us. We need a campus in Hopaloosas. Just next step. Next step, just keep taking steps. There's Kevin. He's an idiot. Yeah, but we're going to bring Kevin. No, no, dude. No, I'm not. Well, I didn't mean it like that. I kind of meant it like that. Next, next. It's, it's just next. This journey, we're, we're heading somewhere. We're, we're going somewhere. We're headed somewhere. We're called to go somewhere. We're called to a Canaan, a promised land. Of course, it's not Israel. We're not to go there. We've got another place. There is a place. In John chapter 14, just Jesus is saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm going away to prepare a place for you so that you can be with me. So just keep walking on this journey so that one day when your last breath's here, your first breath's there, he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come on in. I got a place prepared for you. It's just a journey. God's still working on each of us every step of the journey. Just don't, that couple, that couple go, no. I said, let me tell you what you need to do. I got a next step for you. What's the next step? I say, you need to go to next steps. Go to next steps. That's what next steps is. It's to help you go, what's next for me? It, it's, not, it's not getting everybody to take the same next step because that's not everybody's next step. It, it's, it's where we will meet, can meet with you and go, hey, where are you at? This is where I'm at. I just got saved. I just went through freedom group. I got through freedom. I got baptized. I come out of that. And here I am. I want to start help. I want, hey, this would be a great next. Is it your last step? No, it's just your, you just need to take your next step. Have you settled? I know some of us need a break sometimes. We do. But if you, I got to get back in. I, gotta, I do have a concern. If I could be Pastor you for a second. Our church is growing. God's, the wind has shifted in our, in our community. We're watching it. We're watching it physically happen. It's happened spiritually as well. You're seeing a hunger like we haven't seen in a long time. It's coming. We see, we see God opening up new fields in the Bill Platt area. And we're, we're gonna need there is a need for people who are saying, here's my hands. Can we use them? Use my hands. Here's my heart. Can you use my heart? I'm ready. I, I, I need to, I need to, I need to not, I just need to take my next step. You might be here today and you, you go, I just needed to come find a church and I found one, but I'm ready. I'm ready. Next step is your next step. God's got you on a journey and he's leading you somewhere. 
to make us all like his son. Still work God needs to do in me. And there's still work he needs to do in you. But it happens when you're moving. Keep moving. Keep growing. Take your next step. Y'all receive this word? Yeah. I'll give you a just, just thought just hit me. Winky Prattney, one of my Heidi's heroes of the faith, uh, he used to say this all the time. He'd say, it's a lot easier for God to steer a person that's moving than someone who's sitting still. And he used the illustration. He said, have you ever got on a bicycle and tried to steer it while it was still? It has to have movement to it. And the more it's moving, the easier it is to steer. And that's what God will do with you as long as you keep moving and growing in him with next steps, then he'll lead you and guide you. Can I just tell you something? God didn't speak to Hyde and I 34 years ago and say, I've got a vision for you. One day, you're going to be in Opelousas, Louisiana. I would have said, where? And he was Opelousas, Louisiana. It doesn't work that way. What he does is just show you the next step. He is, his word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. And you just keep taking the next steps. And one day, all of us will wake up and go, dear God, look what the Lord has done. And he'll get all the glory that he deserves. Thank you, Jesus. Can we give God all the praise? With every head bowed and eye closed in the room today, what's your next step? What's your next step? If you've been stuck, it's time to take your next step. If you've been broken, bruised, barren, I pray the healing touch of the Holy Spirit will come and touch you now and that it's time to get back up again and begin to move again. You've been waiting for the direction of the Holy Spirit, and today he's speaking to you. May you hear the word of the Lord. Don't stop. Keep moving. And so we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you'll guide us and lead us. And you have a destiny for every single one of us. This is not it. Abram was the example. He lived in tents. He never lived in a, in a, in a, a physical, permanent home because he knew this wasn't his home. And so, Father, I'm asking now in the name of Jesus that this word would fall on fertile soil and that people would be moved by it and would produce incredible fruit in their life. That, Lord, you want to know them and grow them more. And so, Father, we receive your word. Christians, would you pray right now, every head bowed and eye closed. Maybe you're here today and you don't know this Lord, this Savior, this one who came and lived a sinless life to die on a cross for the sins of the world. We celebrated communion, remembering the very sacrifice that was made for each and every one of us. The Bible says that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means sin is the greatest, because the Bible is the greatest law of all, that sin is the greatest crime of all. And because it's the greatest crime of all, it has the greatest penalty of all. Eternal separation from God. The reality is there is a heaven, it's real, and if it's real, 
then hell is real also. The Bible says it's a man, it's appointed man wants to die and then the judgment. And if you were to die today, where would you spend eternity? Would you spend it in heaven with Jesus forever in a place that's been prepared for you? Or would you spend it in hell? Today, you don't have to go to hell. You don't have to go to hell. God would never send you to hell. You'll choose to go there by rejecting this incredible offer of grace that he gives us. He's asking. Jesus said you can't see the kingdom or enter the kingdom until you've been born again. You can't see it or enter it until you've been born again. Pastor you, how do I get born again? It's as easy as A, B, C. A, admit that you're a sinner. It all begins there. It's where we're at, admitting where you're at. And then B, believe that Jesus came, lived the sinless life to die on a cross to pay your penalty, my penalty of sin. He took it upon himself and he died for us. And then C, confess him as Lord. That simply means make him the boss. Turn your life over and let him lead it instead of you leading it. Let him be the king. You getting off the throne of your own life and letting him be the king of your life to do it his way. And so if that's you today and you're ready, you're ready to be born again today. You're ready to surrender it all to him today. I wanna pray with you right now. Just would you do me one favor? Just say, Pastor you, it's me, I'm ready. Today's my born again day, I'm ready. Would you hold your hand up high all over this room? Just say, remember me in this prayer. Thank you, thank you. Hold it up high, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed, we've all raised our hand before. Thank you, I see your hands all over the room. Thank you. Congregation, can we add our voice to theirs? Let's just pray this in faith. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. Thank you for sending Jesus, your son, to die on a cross for me. Please forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart today and be the Lord of my life. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. I'm gonna do it your way. Give me the grace I need to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God all the praise?